This week on Westworld, Lee Sizemore steals narratives, more brain nut activity, and is Dolores the bad guy now? Come on, come on to the After Dark Podcast. The podcast in which Sheriff Anthony does his best to wrangle Conrad through Westworld, one doggone episode at a time. So kick back and grab yourself some Apple Jack, or some Adam's Ale if that's your preferred poison, and get ready for these two wannabe cowboys to ramble the night away. Music was provided by the fantastic Nancy White and Jared Iscariot. Enjoy the show! Hello, and welcome to Westworld. No, hello. This is not Westworld. This is the After Dark Podcast, and we're here. Hello, Conrad. How are you? Hello. I'm well, thank you. I'm I'm uh, all, all shoguned up with nowhere oh, to yes. go. Well, actually, I've got somewhere to go, and that's the After Dark Podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we, we come here every week. Uh, Conrad, someone in the comments said that this was their favourite episode of Westworld. Do you agree? Of the whole show? I think so, yes. It, I mean stylistically probably because i i i'm very much into that that their samurai mm-hmm. shit uh the i think there's a lot of cool stuff in this episode it's definitely one of the best ones i think i struggle to really say that i have one favorite but this is a this is definitely a great one yeah part of me thinks like this is your favorite episode of westworld you're not really that big of a fan of the show because this <laughs> is the only, this is this is the one that isn't really westworld you know you're, what a, I mean? you're a big Although, fan of hiroyuki sanado who by the way i fucking said that hollywood and western uh t- television makers only know how to hire two japanese men ken watanabe and hiroyuki sanado and i said one of them's gonna be in this show and wouldn't you know it not three episodes later we get one that of I think yeah, it was two episodes later. I think, and I and I, you know what's you know what's funny about that? I think that, I think that rivals some of your biggest predictions of all time in my mind. To <laughs> that, be was a, that, was, that was a cold shot. That one, that was. I that had was no idea that he was going to be in this. I just any time any any like any time like US TV or Hollywood needs to do something with with uh, with the Japanese. They're like, get Ken. And Hiroyuki yeah. on the phone now. We need them both. We can We we need to. <laughs> we need someone who speaks English but is possibly Japanese, or well, or is Japanese, I should say, not possibly Japanese as well. I actually don't <laughs> know. Well, I feel like Ken Ken Watanabe might only be half Japanese. I'm not sure, but but Hiroyuki Sanada is definitely fully fully Japanese, but just speaks English fairly well. Well, according to uh, Sylvester, Felix is possible Japanese, <laughs> apparently. Even though he's from Hong Kong, oh. uh, that was that was that was painful. Right, we'll get into that, guys. Let's get into the recap. What do you think, Conrad? Yeah, let's do it. Right. So, first of all, we find out that the brain nuts of the bodies that were in the water are actually clear, as if they've never had data on them before. Maeve and her gang have been taken hostage by their alter egos in the Shogun world. Despite being restrained under threat of death, Sylvester still makes himself look like a cock when he asks if Felix can talk to them, even though he's not even from Japan. We get a really great arc within the Shogun world, which isn't actually that important to the main storyline, except for the characters' own journeys, of course, so let me give you the highlights. There's a Dragon Lady version of the Snake Lady, there's a version of Maeve, there's also a version of Hector too. In fact, Lee Sizemore admits that they just blatantly stole the characters and the storylines from Westworld. Or vice versa, I suppose, if you were to go by real-life cinema history. Anyway, the episode ends with Maeve being able to telepathically tell everyone what to do. She has Wi-Fi abilities now, and she's loving it. 
Meanwhile, back in Westworld, Dolores is really finding her groove as the monologuing bad guy, telling Teddy all about the time that flies were diseasing the blue tongues, and that how you have to burn some of the herd for the rest of the herd to survive. Bad news, Teddy. She's gonna change you up. Did I miss anything? Right, Conrad, best place to start. Them, their brain nuts. Uh, oh. <laughs> why not Why not talk about them? There's a whole lot of stuff going on with Shoguns. Let's, let's ignore it for the minute and mm. talk about the new new tech they've got for brain nuts. Now, it's not unlike the thing we've seen before. Yeah. The only difference is that they are really... Now, I'm going to talk about this to the day I die, guys. They're really doubling down on trying to convince us that this stuff existed in the first season. 100%. In what sense? Just that they're everyone's kind of gaslighting you and being like, yeah, this has always been here. Like... <laughs> Like, what do you, yeah, what do you... it's it's always been there. The tablets have the connection points. Yeah, they're they're having to plug it in to read what's inside. When the hell was that ever a thing? Yeah, there's there is some stuff in in this. I think that's one of the reasons why, in, in response to that question, I'm a bit I'm a bit reluctant to say this is my favorite episode because stylistically absolutely yes they get it but there's a lot of stuff in this episode the brain nut stuff in uh, in particular but some stuff with shogun world which we'll talk about later where they kind of lampshade how ridiculous everything is by a bit uh, by kind of pointing it out sometimes but then other times they're very reluctant to talk about it and it just ends up being this big confusing mess where it's sort mm. of like it, are we to believe that this just was never mentioned before like no one ever spoke about this in the entire first season or is something else going on here yeah like i think there's a moment that lee sizemore mentions that shogun world is for people who think that westworld is too tame mm. um and also lee sizemore also knows everything about the characters of the shogun yeah. world never mentioned uh, it. never mentioned it before <laughs> Literally, ever. <laughs> literally, he he reveals that he wrote the story for Shogun yeah. World. So why did that never come up in the entire first season? Like literally, in his in his office, it's he's what he was working on. Yeah, that Wyatt yeah, it's all Cowboys, all West World. Uh, you know, where is the? Sh- he's got he's got a sh- an office per world. This man. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. That is, it's he needs to focus on Cowboys when he's in there. That's his creative space. He needs to <laughs> yeah. get it get into that kind of rootin' tootin' mindset. He can't be polluting it with samurai swords and uh i don't know tiger skins or whatever raj world has <laughs> yeah well we, we we mentioned it early conrad so we may as well go into the new segment now uh and that is all about basically the this new segment was born out of my thought about the idea of that this episode is kind of making a statement on american remakes of japanese cinema mm. uh so this new segment is going to be all about american remakes good or bad you want my advice kid how to make it in this town first you gotta move to japan or britain make it in that town first then we'll buy the property okay conrad so i've got a list of uh american remakes here which i think are pretty bad which Mm -hmm. ones do you not like um old boy starring josh brolin direct by directed by spike lee uh that is one of the worst remakes I think I've ever seen. Um, Brold Boy. Brold Boy, I call it. Boy, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just uh, Ghost in the Shell. That's a pretty bad one. I mean, I don't I don't love Ghost in the Shell, the anime, but uh, but the Scarlett Johansson Ghost in the Shell is, uh, is one of those things that's just sort of utterly irrelevant. Uh, which ones have you got? Okay, so my mind goes more towards TV 
um okay and film sure. although there is a lot of, there's a lot of film stuff like they did one they did a death note one recently um and stuff like that <laughs> yeah uh, we've, dragon we've, we've, dragon we've talked Ball. about that before willem dafoe yeah. as fucking the uh shinigami is hey, an interesting choice no, but maybe it makes sense makes sense to me mm. uh then you've got um what do you call it uh the the dragon ball film which for some uh, yeah. reason i my whole life i grew up wanting to see a real life dragon ball film like a, a live action and then whenever that came out, I didn't go see it. And I still haven't seen it to this day. Oh. Even though my whole, like all my child and teenage years, I was wishing for it to happen. Once <laughs> it happened, I didn't go see it. You missed the majesty of White Goku, uh, which was an interesting choice that they made, given everyone else in that movie was appropriately cast. <laughs> but uh, there was like, we can't well, you know, you, you, have the you know lead this, be... Do you, know this, go on. Do, you know this, do you know the story of Goku? I mean, I agree. They probably, they, if you know, just they may as well. But you know, Goku wasn't a human. He's a Saiyan. Yeah, he came from another planet. So, yeah. The idea that he's a different race than the rest of the people. Hold on. So, you're a... saying that Saiyans are white guys? <laughs> like, that's your well, argument. I don't know. I they, don't know. There is uh, no way that Goku is a white guy. He has like kanji it's... on the back of his shirt or his gi. Uh, yeah, but he's a, he's an alien, Conrad. He's an he alien. is an alien. He's not that's, from Earth. That is true. That's a fair point. He's, 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 it's, like, it's, like, it's like Tom. Tom Welling uh, is a white guy. He played Superman, another alien. It would have been no, that would have been great. Imagine like they just randomly had Superman be an Asian guy. Oh, uh, that's great! Yeah, that's, that I would mean, that's be what, amazing. That's what people always talk about with um, you know th- this uh, Marvel like What If series. They're like, okay, but let's do like some interesting stuff. Like let's have I don't know like a black Superman. Obviously, that's not uh-huh. Marvel, but but you know let's do some cool stuff with this. And it, it always just ends up being being them i don't know going for like very very basic changes i find yeah well, that's why i like Emmett has in the comic book talks has talked a little bit about, about black superman and how they have actually done them in the comics really really well but in, they're never in cinema uh, but okay my point about the dragon ball thing is i am actually i actually do wish it was also a, a japanese man but i will say my point is that any wiggle room you give them They'll they'll cast a white man. Oh, he's an alien. Absolutely. They it's like he's an alien, guys. They're not gonna have, we're not gonna have any backlash about this. Cast him, Scarlett yeah. Johansson. It's a robot. They're not gonna have any backlash yeah. about this. Let's cast him. <laughs> so any wiggle room at all, it's like oh, born one mile inside the border of Japan, cast him as a white guy. I <laughs> I uh, I literally during this episode of Westworld, I burst out laughing when the ninjas turned up because I was just like, okay, oh wow, you are. You start things off, and you have, you know, you have uh, Hiroyuki Sanada uh, called Masashi, who is, which is obviously a reference to Miyamoto Masashi, who's like a famous kind of warrior poet, codified the samurai code of honor. And then, literally a few minutes later, you've you've got fucking geishas, you've got shamisen, you've got ninjas, you've got peach blossoms. And it's just like you you are getting every stereotype you can possibly get <laughs> into this, yeah. um, which is. I, how do you feel about uh, about this? Because I I I under I understand when they kind of lampshade it and say, "Isn't this ridiculous?" Like it's very much as you pointed out, like an American remake of a samurai movie. Therefore, it has all the stereotypical stuff in it. Yeah, and I kind of get that, but at the same time, it's like, but you still did it. Like in your show, you did <laughs> you did it. You you didn't sort of pull back at all to reveal that actually maybe we should have taken some time to analyze what's going on here. Uh, so so to me, it yeah. was cool, but also kind of dumb. It's it's actually the thing you have to remember as well. It's a park that they're creating for presumably Western 
people to go and visit. Uh, so therefore, they're going to try and make it what the Western people are going to expect to see, which is not obviously not a very good idea to do. Um, yeah. But but it sort of explains it a little bit for me. Uh, before we leave the uh, remake uh, conversation, though, there is one or two that actually are put down as good remakes. Okay. Right? At the top two, I've got a uh, from Wales Online. I don't know why it's on Wales Online, but we're here. We're on Wales Online. Um, uh, talking about best remakes, US remakes of UK shows. Two shows, which apparently they are the best remakes. First one is the number one place is obviously The Office US. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Seen as the best one. Now, I will say, interestingly about that, I really like The Office US. Um, I originally saw the... It's one of those ones where I think which one of you saw first is the one you like better. But I saw the, uh, the UK Office first. Uh, but the, the first season or so where they copy... The Office UK mm. isn't actually that good, no. But it gets really good when it becomes its own thing. Well, when so they, when mind, they find like, their place, yeah, yeah. So in my mind, it's not even really like a remake. Uh, in a way, it is a remake. It had the same birth, but it sort of like grew into its own thing. So the part that was remade of The Office U- US, if that was all it was, it wasn't actually that good either. Um, and then the second one, which is even more of an L, is obviously House of Cards. We'll not talk about why that was uh, a big big L by the end, but. <laughs> yeah. uh, that didn't uh, didn't end well for anyone involved. I don't think like they they yeah they got that out and hoped everyone would forget all about it and rightfully yeah, so. Exactly, exactly. Right. Okay. So um yeah. So the Shogun World we we do get put into Shogun World and we sort of very quickly come to realize that a lot of the characters in Shogun World are the same as the characters mm. in Westworld to the point where they're even sort of brought into the storyline of their own gang yeah. where they go they're going in to rob the place and uh yeah. Sonata am I right think it's Sonata is Hector in this regard uh yes yeah so Hiroyuki Sonata or, or Musashi as the character is called is Hector and that actually I did really like I, I the 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 mirroring of storylines um is very consistent with Lee's character. It's just like I don't know, just do the same thing again, but make him samurai this time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, that that feels very consistent with him. Um, Hiroyuki Sanada's a badass, and I I loved the the scene where they are introduced uh, with with our, our heroes tied up while um, the uh, Ramin Jawadi's uh, arrangement of Paint It Black starts playing again, mm-hmm. which is the the song that was playing when when Hector and his gang. Uh, rob the rob the um the saloon in yeah. I can't remember what episode it was episode four I think of season one Why, um, a couple of times it happened yeah. yeah it happened a couple of times but but that that is very cool and the mirroring is very cool and and the the way they they've got the the apparently I this was I was reading um reading an episode synopsis after I finished it just to see if I see if I'd missed anything um and um the apparently it said during this episode that literally the the sets for Shogun World and Westworld were designed uh, right next to each or built right next to each other so you could walk from one into the other to make sure they were actually mirrored um, which is very oh, cool, cool. Um, that is cool that's yeah. really cool um, and um, yeah so that that was uh, that was a fun fact and once you like once you know that and you go back and look it's like oh yeah they are actually yeah this is a mirror of what was going on in uh, in season one um, and it's a great yeah. introduction great introduction for these guys if a little if a little stereotypical, even though that's kind of the point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's same, you could probably say the same about the, the westerns as well. Yeah, that's uh, true. Or, yeah. Uh, okay, question for you. What the hell was that weapon that they were using? I've never seen anything like that before. 
It's basically like a, a garden hoe, but they're just stabbing people with it. Oh, yeah. I, I never know what that's called. And I, I think that's more of a Chinese weapon, to be honest. than Because you see it sometimes in, in uh, like, wuxia, um, like Chinese martial arts okay. movies. Um, I don't know is, is the honest answer. I don't think it seems very practical when you've just got <laughs> yeah. a sword there. But, I mean... The the amount of like wuxia films I've seen where people have have like a steel umbrella on a chain and that's their weapon and and, it, and, <laughs> yeah. and if you if you think about it for more than five seconds your brain just dissolves into dust because it doesn't make any sense why you would use that but gosh darn it it's cool and that's all that matters. It is cool. It is cool. Um, I kind of want to finish the conversation about about Shogun World today. Uh. uh but so we'll take a little break from it in the minute to talk about the other storyline that's going on before yeah. we come back to it. Okay. And that that is um, Dolores, uh, basically fulfilling her origin story as the bad guy in this show. It seems to me. Mm. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, the problem that I have with this storyline, and I, and I've I've gone hot and cold on it. I think the last week's episode where Dolores re- re- reunited with uh, with Peter Abernathy and we got a moment where we saw kind of under the hard exterior of Dolores and saw that she was there was some inner turmoil and that she wasn't 100% mm-hmm. certain that what she was doing was correct that was great because that is what this character has been missing and I think I think the showrunners are hoping that the dramatic irony of us, the viewer, knowing that Teddy will be dead by the end of the season and not knowing how, I think that they think that that's enough to propel this storyline forward. But I don't Mm. think Teddy is an interesting enough character to carry that himself. Um, I I do like Teddy. He's good. But I wouldn't want to put a whole show on his back in the same way that Dolores or Bernard um, uh, (laughs) have... I didn't do that deliberately that time. We'll not mention it. We'll not mention it. (laughs) Dolores or Bernard um, had the show placed on their backs in the first season. And and I realised as I watched this that Dolores's uh, meditations on the um, or, or, or the show's um, meditations on the sort of repeated effects of trauma on hosts and people, and all of that interesting analysis of what goes on beneath the surface of an individual has just completely gone missing in this season, mm-hmm. um, and, and mainly because Dolores is being positioned as a very two-dimensional character now. Like she's just the bad guy well she's not even really a bad guy she's just kind of an antagonist to a bunch of other characters who we don't really know that well mm-hmm. um and it is a real shame it is a real shame because they've lost a great character in 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 doing that and i don't think they've got another one to step up to to to, to take her place yeah i know i agree with you i think that the the story they conv- they've convinced themselves that they told in the first season was an origin of a woman who's going to lead the charge and destroy humanity or whatever she's going to do. Yeah. That's not what I got in the first season. I did not get that. I got a woman who was coming, you know, making the journey to, to, to consciousness. And yeah. and there was, there was a real beauty in, in what had been created within her mind. And there was yeah. a real beauty to her, her consciousness. And yeah. I didn't expect her not, not to be gritty. Like, I didn't expect her not to be gritty. I knew she was going to, you know, she, she killed Anthony Hopkins' character, Ford. So I was, I was expecting real grit from her. But I wasn't expecting 
her to literally turn like she's turned into the monologue the monologuing bad guy that's what she is now yeah Yeah. i i think they they want her to be this kind of like boudicca-esque like warrior queen who leads Mm -hmm. the leads the revolution and and it's not to say you couldn't get dolores to that point in an interesting way but i I, the jump from the end of season one to to season two is way too big like they need to there needs to have be there need to be better motivations for what she's doing she needs to be placed in a situation where she has no choice but to kill again that's how you kind of like so she killed ford but he kind of had it coming then you put her in a position where she has to kill again because she's in peril or something like that mm-hmm. and you gradually build up this resentment towards humans until she arrives at the character that she is now but but they haven't done any of the groundwork which is why it feels so flimsy i think um and yeah it, it is a shame it is it's one of the reasons I think this episode is so good is because it doesn't really focus on that. It has a bunch of new, compelling stuff to throw your way in the hopes that you don't notice the Dolores storyline is just kind of meandering. Yep, yep. Um, I agree with you. And like, what's going to happen to Teddy is I assume that they're going to make him... I don't know what they're doing. Like, they're changing him some way. What, making what is, him what's just up into with the engineer killer that they've got? Like, did I miss that? They've just got an engineer man with an iPad yeah. who changes Teddy's behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've all got their own. They've all got their own iPad man now. But he, this, this guy came from like an underground place where they went into and started sh- fucking shit up and threatened a few guys. Was it, was a few it the episodes? same place where they were like drowning the dude's head in the molten plastic? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just I, I didn't realize this guy was still with them. I think I'd assumed that he. I don't know, disappeared into the into the ether somewhere. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, my, my assumption is the same as you. They're going to alter his behavior to, I guess, make him more aggressive, make him more, make him more, more willing to to take orders. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, it, it's interesting. It is interesting, but it's nowhere near as compelling as this storyline could be. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, speaking about uh, changing someone, Maeve has been changed a lot. Uh, and yes. let me just say, Holy let me just shit, say, Maeve in this episode, what this is episode, going on with Maeve? <laughs> what what is going on with Maeve? Uh, so I want to say something about Maeve before we sort of get into it. Uh, okay, is how can the show continue now? Where they this this. How is she not too powerful? Now, they tried to do a little thing. They tried to do a little thing where she was, you know, uh, bound so she couldn't speak. Their, yeah. ears, their ears have been cut off or whatever because yeah. she can't d- command them. That's but really no. dramatic as well. Like, you could just put, like, wax in their ears or something. <laughs> like, you don't need to literally cut their ears off, dude. Yeah, no, no, that, yes, that is very, very dramatic. Uh, so... How on earth is this show going to... This, this is like another season coming on the way. So that's going to be fourth season now. How on earth do you get away with having this character this powerful. Yeah. Uh and and and, not, and how is the show not going to end in two episodes? I mean, how is she not just going to tell everyone to kill themselves? There's two there's two ways. Either they kill her or they do the old basher on the head and she forgets who she is trick because I just don't see like she's literally like Charles Xavier with Cerebro in the X-Men. Like she's just she's she's <laughs> multilingual and she can command people through telepathy now. Which is just like, okay, well so she she's got mutant superpowers, I guess now. And I, I you know, to be fair, they have established the idea in this season about the the um I can't remember what what Bernard called it, like some kind of network that that links them all, uh, links that links their consciousness all, consciousnesses all together. Mm-hmm. So my assumption is that she is somehow finding a way to tap into that through Wi-Fi connections or something, and it's just being presented <laughs> as like a superpower. But it's it is 
it is pretty nuts what she can do now and and i don't i mean but at the end of this episode she has an, presumably an army um of mm-hmm. of samurai and has just killed <laughs> or been responsible for the deaths of like hundreds of men so i don't know where mave's going but i i feel like this you know my fear i've just thought about it now and it has sent a shiver down my spine is the idea that at the end of this season Dolores and Maeve are going to lead armies with different ideas about how they want to fix Westworld and Shogun World um, and end up fighting each other and there's just going to be a mass like a massacre of of hosts as they they slaughter one another and it's it's going to be like the the battle at the end of the hobbit because it's just going to be awful <laughs> That's my fear. Look to the east. Uh, now, <laughs> yeah, I, I think... No, that's a good one. That's in Lord of the yeah. Rings. It's going to be like the one where the fucking dwarves set up a shield wall and then the elves jump over it for some reason. If it was look to the east, which character would be standing there in the sunlight? Um, Hector. Ford. No, actually, no. Ford. 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 Ford would be great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> look for my coming on the third day. Um... <laughs> Uh, okay, but I have to get into this though because it's, it's vaguely relevant to what we're talking, very relevant to what we're talking about right now. It's the question of the week. Oh, hey, Conrad, look who it is! It's only the bloody question of the week. All right, we kind of had the conversation before I asked the question, but I just wanted to uh, uh, give a shout out to Kelly Denzer who asked this question multiple times. Finally, we're at the point where we can talk about it now. Okay, Kelly Denzer themselves even said, "Is it too early for this question again?" <laughs> uh, Yes, yes it was. Now, like most of us, the second season of uh, Westworld is a mess, a big splodgy mess within Kelly Denzer's mind. Mm. Uh, but we've finally got there. And the question is, what do, does Conrad think of Maeve's Wi-Fi control abilities? You've even called the Wi-Fi, so well done. Oh, um, nice, yeah. Do, this, so this is the extra part of the conversation, potentially. What uh, Do they seem too unrealistic and OP, overpowered? Um i think we agree they're overpowered they're definitely uh, they, they they've they've made themselves a worryingly powerful character here that i'm I'm not sure how they're ever going to place mave in peril again um so i definitely think they're they're potentially overpowered um i i think the way she arrived at them was pretty stupid i think trauma unlocking the ability to connect to a wi-fi network and talk to a bunch of other computers <laughs> is not something i have ever experienced in my years of working in it um so, like i so you're I, telling me when you're going to try and hack into the mainframe of some company all you need to do is give yourself a bit of trauma and you'll go yeah well yeah no, I'm, no 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 i make the computer believe it had a son and then give it a memory of that <laughs> yeah. son dying and then it's able to access the fbi mainframes or whatever the fuck it's <laughs> yeah. doing it, it was kind of dumb and it and it, it's just like a bit of a throwaway what what i what i refer to moments like that as and this is very similar to the last star wars movie that they released is the people making the show have got all this cool samurai shit going on over here and they're jangling their keys over here and they're saying look at this look at this look at this and while that's going on they're just like farting out this superpower and hoping desperately you don't look in this direction because if you look at this it'll just vanish because it doesn't make any fucking sense (laughs) but that's what they're hoping that's what they've tried and it worked pretty pretty well because the samurai stuff was great um but yeah if you put it under any kind of scrutiny it just falls apart i think that is a great way to put it. I'm going to be honest with you. That is a really, really good way to put it. Um, we did get a little bit of a little hint at the uh, 
uh, at the at the Wi-Fi abilities beforehand though, because she kind of predicted that the ninja was going to pop up and uh, put his head through the through the roof as well. That, yes, like she 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 looked up before, and we all know ninjas don't make a sound, so she no. had to do that with Wi-Fi. Well, abilities. these ones we did. That. They started shouting about how she was a witch, which <laughs> was like, <laughs> it was not very ninja-like at all. I thought, but um, yes, she she seems to have some kind of sort of uh, cognitive ability that lets her see things coming moments before they actually do. Uh, perhaps mm-hmm. it's just very heightened senses uh, that that she interprets as being precognition. But I mean, we got ninjas. It was pretty cool, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 giving them a pass. I'm giving them a pass for that one. Uh, but the problem that this episode is going to face, and Shogun World in general is going to face, is that they've played the ninja card very early. Very early, <laughs> indeed. Like, they literally introduced the world, and it was like, ninjas, here you go. Um, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. can't play it again. You cannot use that twice. So, I don't know what they're going to use next time. Or whether they'll... Do you think that the ninja world, or sorry, even I'm called a ninja world, that's how early they introduce yeah. them. Do you think the Shogun world is going to be a, a mainstay in Westworld? From I... The the amount of shit they put into this, I think this might be us done with Shogun World now. I, I think the next time we're going to see... I don't think... The, the way they've structured these uh, this series so far, or the season so far, is that you get one episode that's mainly about Dolores, and then one episode that's mainly about Maeve. And there have been a couple of little weird ones, like the last one. But um, generally speaking, that's how they've structured it. I think Maeve's probably not going to be in the next episode very much at all and then the episode after that there's going to be some kind of shit going down in Westworld and she's going to turn up with a bunch of samurai that's my that's my and and never again will it be mentioned that there was a shogun world and instead we'll just have Hiroyuki Sanada in a kimono for in 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 the western world because that's fun <laughs> i mean i mean i you know i i want it to happen i'm not going to tell you whether it did happen when when akane does her her dance her geisha dance for the for the shogun in the in, mm-hmm. in his camp um listeners long-time listeners of the show will know that i tend to listen out for raminjabadi's arrangements of popular music because they're normally really good and uh i was blown away in this one because motherfucking cream by the wu-tang clan played uh while um while akane was doing her dance i was so happy i was punching the air while it was going on um and i immediately made the assumption that anthony uh does not really know the wu-tang clan that well is that is is that a fair assumption anthony i've seen leg you've seen what leg oh leg oh my god what is he does he mention the wu-tang clan doesn't he wear a Wu Tang Clan uh, oh, he, yellow? Thing? Yeah, he actually might wear. A, it's been a long time yeah. since I've seen Ali Cheat. <laughs> I think at some point he wore a Wu Tang Clan like yellow jacket and trouser combo. Yeah. yeah, maybe he does. Maybe he's one of the killer bees. Um, okay, well that's. <laughs> I mean, that's more than I thought you would know, to be honest. But um, but you're in luck, Anthony, because I have prepared a list of um, uh, uh, hilarious jokes and plays on words relating to Westworld and the Wu Tang Clan. So I'm just going to go through them very quickly now in very businesslike manner, and we can decide which ones of these we like. <laughs> um, so uh, first one, um, everyone will know that uh, cream, of course, stands for cash rules everything around me uh but instead we're gonna go for cortical fluid rules everything around me um, <laughs> i love the introduction of the f there yep uh, it's in Kaprim. brackets it's in bracket brackets so it doesn't <laughs> yeah, count. It's in brackets. um 
a, l- a little bit more of a deep cut this time, and indeed it was a deep cut for this character in that the Shogun did not, in fact, protect his neck in this episode. Um, you'll have to listen to Enter the 36 Chambers to understand that one. Uh, method- I don't understand that one. <laughs> method Mave. Method Mave instead of Method Man. That's quite a good one, I thought. Um, and finally, Old Dirty Bernard instead of Old Dirty Bastard. Um <laughs> Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And that has been our Wu-Tang Clan Westworld joke section. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Well, I enjoyed it, Conrad. I thought it was fantastic. The cortical fluid uh, one is is the one only one I understood. Uh, But I'll I'll look out for the rest. You know Method Man. You surely know Method Man, right? I know. I know the Method Man. I know that the two words, yeah. Method Man. He was a member. Um, of, he 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 is a member of the Wu Tang Clan. So hence, Method Man. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, there you go. I've educated. I don't know anything about the Wu Tang Clan. I thought they were a clothing brand. <laughs> I mean, you can make the argument that for a time there, they became more about the clothing they produced <laughs> than the music. To be honest, uh, I definitely had a couple of Wu Tang hoodies back in the day. Right. Okay. Well. Well. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, talking about a carne. Um, I want like the, the the character went through sort of the Maeve. Obviously, she's like a Maeve version of Maeve in the Shogun world. Yes, she went through the the Maeve uh, journey a little bit here, uh, very quickly uh, to the point where yes, when as soon as her world started going off the rails, she was killing people left, right, and center. She stabbed Shogun in the eye. She cut the main. I can't remember his name, but the main guy's. Oh, that face guy was the Shogun. Like, yeah, she she cut his like. That was unreal like the the way she she like she stabbed him in the neck and i was like okay that's you know that's yeah. that's really like stabbing his jugular he's gonna bleed out and then it just kept on going like and she was like sawing his head off and then his head like falls flops to the side still attached and then he yeah. stands up and walks for a bit it's just like whoever did that they had some fun with that one i i, I commend whoever made those decisions well to be honest with you it really shits on uh old bernie doesn't it because yeah to be honest with you, uh, Bernard, <laughs> when he's leaking cortical fluid, he can hardly stand up. Yeah. This guy is leaking cortical fluid, gets his head cut off, and then still stands up. Yeah, not a problem. Ber- not a problem. Yeah, Bernie, Bernie's a little, like, tiny little piss ant compared to this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, Tessa, I need my, my nut fluid in my head. <laughs> Shut up, Bernard. Get back to work. <laughs> that would really remind me of uh, some some mothers do have them. Is that what you were going for? <laughs> It wasn't, but that did sound a lot like Frank Spencer. To be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mrs. or whatever it was. Yeah. I haven't oh, seen Betty. Betty, Betty. that's it. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen some other stuff in a long time. Uh, someone Photoshop Bernard as Frank Spencer. That's, that's my demand. Uh, right. Okay. Well, there we go. I'm pretty sure that's going to bring us to a close for this episode. Um, and. To be honest with you, I think we'll probably get more Westworld in the next episode again. Uh, I think so. There is a there is a particular episode. I'm pretty sure it's in this season, which I'm really looking forward to talking to you about, Conrad. Because let's just say they go somewhere uh, where I never would have thought would have existed in a in a holiday location. Let's all let's just say that. Oh, uh, is it, it's going to be like the fucking Khmer Rouge world or something like that. Just like let's go to Cambodia in the middle of a genocide. <laughs> No, it's not. It's Vietnam not world. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to going to a particular world with you, uh, Conrad. So we'll have fun when we get there. Guys, if you would want to subscribe to the podcast, make sure you subscribe on audio apps, uh, the After Life podcast, or on uh, YouTube. We are The Culture Cave. Uh, also, like the video. That would do us a great, great thing. And if you want to ask a question or give us any uh, advice or any 
any things you notice in the thing or correct us on anything, put a little comment down below. Thanks very much for watching, guys, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.